stand up with me. I've been forgotten. We got to quit that scriptures. Let's say it together. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Amen. So be it. Please be seated. The world and the end in parables. Jesus, after last week we talked about the parable of the tares and the field. And Jesus, after speaking that parable in Matthew chapter 13, went on to talk about another parable that expounds the same idea about the world and the end of the world. So we call that the law of double reference. That means when Jesus is repeating himself over and over again, you need to take note of it. It's very important. It will come to pass. Take note of this, what he is saying. Now, the parable he gave was the parable of the dragnet. That's the parable that is similar to the fourth parable. And that's found in Matthew chapter 13, verse 47 through 48. I'm going to read that. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. Say that with me. Some of every kind. Please say that again. Some of every kind. Not every kind. Some of every kind in the dragnet. And then it tells us, which when it was full, they drew to the shore, and they sat down and gathered the good into the vessel, but threw the bad away. So some of every kind, some of every kind gathered, but some of every kind, some of those are good, and some are bad, and not everything is accepted. It's some of every kind. From every family, every nation, every tribe, every race, some of every kind is gathered into the dragnet. The drag, the sea represents the world. The vast sea represents the world. And there are a lot of creatures in the world. The dragnet represents the preaching of the gospel. That's the dragnet. Until the net is full, we don't go to the shore. So the gospel must continue to be preached. And more people bring brought in. Some of every kind, every race, every tribe, from every nation in the world. Some of every kind will be pulled into the, dra- into the dragnet. As the gospel is being preached. So the people of the world are like fish. And you can read that in Habakkuk chapter 1 from verse 14. If you want to go there. It says, why God you made men like fish in the sea and you use the dragnet. So read the scriptures if you want to. But that's what God's saying to us. 
was in the dragnet? All kinds of fish. Of different types. People. They all be in the dragnet. But there is the kind that the fisherman is looking for. Let me say this. The fisherman has no way of knowing what's in the dragnet while it is in the sea. No way of knowing. Anyone can come in. So just because we are in church or we have been dragged by the gospel doesn't mean at the end you are going to be accepted. I don't, I'm not a theologian. I'm just following scriptures. Just read the scriptures. The drug net is the preaching of the gospel. Those in the net are those that responded to the gospel. But not everyone in the net is accepted. We have to understand this. It's more than going to church. It's more than saying a few prayers from time to time. It's a lifestyle. You got to follow God all the way. Nobody has to beg you. If you don't have the desire, if you don't have the desire for God, something is wrong. Seriously wrong. You were created to have a desire for God, to follow after God. And if you are lukewarm towards the things of God, you should be afraid. You should be afraid. If you had fire sometime and the fire is gone, you should be crying out for help. Because this thing is serious. Jesus was giving us the parable. But the, the key there is that in this parable, the first parable of the tears and the field, the disciples didn't understand. But they cried out, we want to understand what you're saying. Give us the meaning of this parable. And Jesus gave it to them. But in this case, Jesus said a few other parables. And then this, the parable of the dragnet. And then he asked them. In Matthew 13, verse 51 through 52, he asked them, Jesus said to them, Have you understood all these things? I've been speaking to you. Did you understand all these things? They said to him, Yes, Lord. In other words, they understood the parables. The first one they didn't, but they they had that desire. They wanted to know. And so Jesus gave them the principle of understanding the Word of God. If you don't have a heart for God, if there is no desire in your heart, God's not going to bother with you. That's the issue here. They said, we understand everything. And Jesus has spoken about two or three more parables, and they got everything down. They had no question, but Jesus was ready to explain to them if they didn't. Because they asked in the first place. When you don't have a desire for the things of God, God doesn't bother with you. And you'll be feeling okay in the world. In the dragnet. Just in the dragnet. You'll feel okay. But the Bible says he knows this. They said, yes, Lord. And then he said to them, Therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven. Notice, instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to say that again. Instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven. Scribe. Every scribe. Are you a scribe? How important is this to you? These were people taking down notes. 
every strike, and they are being instructed with regard to the kingdom of heaven. Every scribe that is instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven, not about the world, concerning the kingdom of heaven. That's the important thing about it. Concerning the kingdom of heaven. You are allowing yourself to be instructed. We need to be instructed. The disciples were instructed. And because they have been instructed, they could understand what Jesus was talking about, even though he was speaking in parables. And if you don't want to, all you know about Christianity will be in parables, and you never really understand it until the very end. Until when you get to the shore. And that's why we're here today. So that the Lord can instruct us aright. So we know how to move, how to position ourselves, and how to order our steps so that we can be accepted in His sight. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of, uh, meditations of my heart be acceptable to Thee, O Lord. That's what we want. Not just going to church. That's why I'm saying, based on this scripture, there is going to be a serious level of regret when we get to the shore. Because you could have made it. But it was not serious enough for you to give your life to it. Jesus said, if any man will follow me, let him take up his cross. There is some suffering with following Christ. You can't wake up in the morning to go to church. How bad is that? You're tired? Jesus spent all day ministering, yet he was still ministering. They didn't have time to eat. You've had your field. You don't even have time for God. And we go to church and we are all in the net. You know, we're all okay. We're all in the net. We're in the net. No, we're going to get to the shore and there's going to be some separation there. And it's serious separation because some are going to be thrown away, according to this scripture. Some are going to be thrown away. What kind of fish will the fishermen be looking for in the net? Notice why this, I said it before, while the net is, the drag net is in the sea, the fisherman has no control over who comes in. And cannot tell who is in there. That will be revealed when we get to the shore. That's the truth about this. But in reality, was he trying to catch? Notice what Jesus said, and the church church needs to be warned about this. Because a lot of people are saying, well, it doesn't matter. Well, it's okay, you're still a Christian. Well, God can understand. God doesn't understand, it costs him his life. That's God. I've got to repent when I'm doing wrong. And turn the right way. I'm okay, you're okay. doesn't work with God. He doesn't need to go through an election. To be voted back in office. So he's not going to listen to what your opinion. You stay by his rule. He is the king. And we got to follow through with him. But we need to understand this. This is my desire. When I call on God, I'm crying out to God, Lord, please allow my heart to stay where it should be. I've been out and I've seen ministers 
and I'm not judging them. I've seen ministers do things that frightened me. And I thought to myself, I wasn't judging them. I went to God and I told Tim P, the last time Tim P was here, I went to God, God, I don't know how he got where, he's, where he got right now, where he can do this and have no feelings. Like he's doing anything wrong. I don't know how we got there. I knew through process of hardness of heart. But I said to God, please don't, I may not be a pastor, but please don't let me ever get to that place where I can do that and don't have any feeling inside of me. He didn't creep on them one night. Over time, their heart got cold. Their heart got hardened. Now they are in there, but the time is going to come when Jesus is going to profess a different profession to them. Let me read this scripture to you. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 and 22. Not everyone who says to me. Not everyone. Can I hear the word? Not everyone. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> not everyone who says to me. In other words, they're calling him Lord. And he's hearing them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven, instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone. Not everyone. Not everyone. We, sometimes when I see people take positions against the word of God, I'm thinking, you must be tough. I can do that. God, please don't let me get to a place where I can do that. You submit to the word of God. Because the word of God and God are one and the same. If you don't understand, cry out for understanding. But don't stay put and resist the word when it's so clear to you. Because you got your own opinion. Jesus said, the words that I speak, they'll judge you in the last day. You come against the word on the last day and see how you can change it. It's not going to work. This is the time to adjust so that the world can consume us. Whatever you focus on, will consume your life. We take over your life. If you focus on the world, the world will take over your life. If you focus on the things of God, God will take over your life. Whatever you focus on, will take over your life. Whatever is important to you, will come to you. That's where life is. It's a principle. No, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but... He who does the will of my Father in heaven. What will? What will we're talking about? Jesus said, come, follow me, and what? I'll make you fishers of men. Is that even in your thoughts? Does the kingdom's progress even Touch your thoughts. Do you ever think about it? About wanting the kingdom? Is it a concern for you with regards to the kingdom of heaven? Or all you want to do is get to heaven? Is the kingdom a matter of seriousness to you? Do you consider reaching out? People have given their lives. Peter was a fisherman. Successful fisherman. He gave up his trade. James and John, they gave their lives. And you just want to sit in the church and enjoy the same heaven with those guys? Is there anything called fairness? 
They gave their lives. You can hardly wake up in the morning to pray. Three weeks is gone, you never seen one page in the scripture. You're traveling, you don't have the map. And you're going places. Christianity is more serious than what we have made it to be these days. We have to understand this. We have to really understand this. And I'm coming to you because I see where the world is going. Something is not right. Please watch out. Even if the world doesn't come to an end, your life is going to, the, the evening is going to set. The sun is going to set on your life. It's coming. It's coming to you. On every life, the sun must set. Whether when Jesus comes back or when you die. But what are you doing in the present time? You were born in 19 whatever or 2003. There's that dash. You are going to be judged by that dash. Everything in that dash. Okay? You're going to be judged. What was important to you? They'll show up in that dash. This is very important to us. Not everyone. Those who do the will of my Father. Do you even think about supporting the work of God? Even if you're not going, how many people give towards the gospel? All they're thinking about is my family, my home, and what's going on in my home. Jesus lived for us as a lamb, ready, raised for the slaughter. Read Isaiah 53. He didn't open his mouth. He was raised like a sheep. With just one purpose, to be slaughtered for us. And here we are, claiming we are following him, we are in the dragnet, with no responsibility. Nothing to give. Nothing to die for. It's not that important to you. Jesus said, you must give even your own life, if you're going to get in. People are struggling about giving, you're fighting about tithing and all of that. Silly stuff. Who cares? If you don't want to pay your tithe, keep it. What's that? Does the work of God will still go on? Without your tithe, you stingy woman or whatever it is. It still will go on. God has an agenda. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. I want to do the Father's will. The Father's will, Jesus made it very clear. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Are you doing that? That's the Father's will. And I'm better than you, uh, Pastor Roy, you know. I I am more holy. It's nothing like that. He's following the Master and what his purpose is on the earth. And giving your life for his cause. Amen. That's what is important. Not everyone. He said this. And I need to put this. This scripture used to really bother me. Really bother me. He bothered me real good. He says, many will say to me in that day, what day, the last day, Lord, Lord, they're saying it again. Lord, Lord, not everyone who says it. Lord, 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 have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And I used to think to myself, before any of those things happened in my life, I said, God, uh, 
if these guys who have done wonders and have done all these things don't have a chance, boy, I really don't have a chance. I used to think that way. He used to bother me. He used to bother me. It may not bother you, but he bothered me. I'm telling you the truth, he really bothered me. I'm saying, God, I have never even done one single miracle. And these guys, they are saying it to him. I noticed Jesus didn't say, no, you lied. No, that's not true. They were telling him the truth. That means, means that they knew him. They knew his name. And they actually did those things. You can't be telling Jesus, I did miracles in your name. He knows everything. So these were guys that actually did miracles in his name. And he's turning them away. If he's turning those who have done miracles in his name and canvas the earth trying to reach people with miracles. I mean, you're going, if you're doing miracles, you're reaching out to people, right? I haven't done any of that. And I still have a chance. Think about this thing. Does it mean every one of us need to do miracles? No. You just have to take your Christianity very seriously. It shouldn't be a game for you. It shouldn't just be, you know, we go to church this week and then... These things, we are in the last days. And the Bible is very clear that in the last days, that's when you're going to see that. People will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. They don't care. They are lawless. Lawless because they won't follow what God told them to do. They don't listen to him. He tells them to do, they're not going to listen. That's why he says they're lawless. You practice lawlessness. In other words, God didn't have control of your life. You did whatever you wanted to do, and you could care less what God thinks about it. You're just happy to be in the dragnet. But being in the dragnet doesn't mean you are going to be a part of it. Because notice, when God says the angel of the church, he's talking about the pastor. The pastor has no power to, to remove anyone from the net. God will employ his angels. That's what the scripture says. The angels will come because the Lord knows those who are his. I know this is not a very good message. But, but he will tell his angels to come. And the angels know those who are his. And he, they know how to determine who belongs to the master. And they'll pick the rest those and put them in, the, in his barn, and then the rest of them they throw away. I don't want to be a throwaway. I don't want to be a throwaway. If the angel picks me, put me in the barn. Please don't fling me up. That's no fun. I have to look at him and say, please. Okay? Excuse me. Question is, you have committed to Jesus. Has he committed to you? That's the question. Has Jesus himself committed himself to you? It's not about going to church. There are a lot of people in the church, a lot of people in the dragnet. You determine whether or not he will commit himself to you. Let me read this scripture to you. That's in, Matthew, uh, in John chapter 2. When Jesus had been in Jerusalem and done, he, done, he, done a lot, he had done a lot of miracles. And the people saw it. 
And then it says in the scripture here, beginning from verse 23, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the, during the feast, many believed in his name. Can you say that with me? Many believed in his name. That equals many got in the dragnet. Many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them. But Jesus did not commit himself to them. In other words, he didn't let them have him. They believed in him, but he would not commit himself to them. Because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man. For he knew what was in man. They believed, but he didn't commit. But notice, that same scripture, he had already committed himself to some. The disciples with him, right? He had committed himself to them. He even told them, those of you that have followed me, read Matthew chapter 19. Those of you that have followed me, you will have thrones in heaven. He had already committed himself to them. He says, well, I don't call you servants. I call you my friends. Because I'm telling you everything that I've gotten from my father. So he had committed himself to some, but to others he will not commit himself. Even though they believed in his name. These are the scriptures we really need to be thinking about as we follow our Lord. It's not a bad number, I want the number, but we need to understand there is an end coming. And there is a show where the separation is going to take place, which is the end of the world. We need to get ourselves ready. Get involved. Get involved. Be a part of the kingdom. You can't be a part of the United States without paying taxes. Hello? Don't do what you did on Wednesday. (laughs) You can't be a part of the United States without participating in what's going on in the land. People, the politicians who are leaders, they don't like people who don't vote because we don't participate. It would be a great thing if everyone is participating, right? How can you be a part of the kingdom of God and you're not doing anything? What are you doing for the kingdom? That's what I'm going to close with today. Can God count on you? What are you contributing to his kingdom? Being in church on Sunday morning, does it? What are you committing? What are you giving to the kingdom? What's your role in the kingdom? Are you saying you are not important to God? That you have nothing to give to Him? When He created you, you are as important as everybody else. It just depends on you. Whether you are willing or not. What are you willing to give to the kingdom of God? Let me tell you the most important thing that you could give. Your life. That's number one. You have to give your life. I think in the New Testament, he talked about a living sacrifice tied to the altar. See, in the Old Testament, it was dead sacrifice. 
In the New Testament, it's asking for a living sacrifice. Why? We need the Holy Spirit so you don't wander from the place of sacrifice. But are you going to give everything to God today? That's the question. Every one of us has the potential. It's a decision. You can decide. But let me tell you, just like I said to the parents here, what you commit to God, He'll keep until the very end. If you do it with a heart, God, I don't understand this thing fully, but I want to commit. I want to commit my life. I want, look, I don't want to be a throwaway. I want to commit. If you do that, and you really mean it from the heart, things will begin to change. You will begin to find that hunger. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst. When you can feel that hunger, that's because you are blessed. When you don't feel the hunger, you've been cursed. That's not the way it is. So today, you can reverse that. Thank God we are still in the world. The end has not come. Sometimes people are so concerned about what everybody else is thinking. That's a big mistake. We are not running a group race. It's an individual race. I love my wife very much, but I also recognize both of us are living beings, and we have to. We can help each other, and she's helping me a lot, and I, I hope I'm helping her. But both running this race, it's an individual race. It's me and God, and so you got to make a decision this morning. What are you going to give to the kingdom of God? What's your contribution at the end of the world? When God says, what did you contribute to my kingdom? What would you say? That's the question today. But I believe the first thing, the most important thing, is your own life. Bow your heads with me because I'm going to close this time. What would you give to the master? I think the most priceless gift would be the life for which he died. What would you give? All heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you want to commit everything to the master, would you please stand up and come and join me here? I did that last Sunday, but today I'm calling. Please stand up, come and join me here. Many times we're concerned about what people think, but I think we shouldn't. If you want to give all to the Master, and you're serious about it, that God will give you a change of heart, put a passion in your heart, so you can serve the Lord with all of your heart, would you please join me here at the altar? Did you know what's happening here right now? On the day of judgment, if you got video, God can show it what happened and what you did on that day. How he spoke to your heart that you resisted. Remember what the scripture says? I was not rebellious. That's the important thing about this. Please move, move forward a little bit. No matter how far you've come with God, I need more. 
I need more. And I need more of Jesus in my life. More of the Lord God in my life so I can serve Him. I haven't arrived yet. I want to live for my God. And this is serious business. Sometimes we are looking at men. It's just, just Pastor Goodluck, he's speaking. That's a mistake. He is here today. If Jesus was standing here today and you can see him, how would your attitude be towards him? This is important. I want to let you know, these days when I look into the world, I, I see something is not right. And I see Christians and the way we are living our lives, I wonder, God, please help us. If Jesus tarries longer, what's going to happen to the church? Because there's so much compromise. There's so much compromise. And I thank God for those of you that are standing here today. If God be God, He's seen what you've done this morning. And He's going to give you multiplied grace. Multiplied grace in your life today. So that you can begin to follow Him the way He should be followed. He deserves to be worshipped. He deserves to be followed. He deserves for us to put our, lay our lives down for Him. Say, whatever, whatever you want from me, God, I'm ready. Even if it's a hundred years, it's short compared to the eternity. I want to lay my life down. Not because I'm a preacher. I want to lay my life for God. Because that's what is important. Amen? He alone can change my ways. No man can know his heart. Only God knows every man's heart. And I'm so glad that you guys came today. And the Bible is very clear. Humble yourself. That's what you've done. Before God. And he will lift you up. And I believe that God being God. He will do that right now. And multiply his grace in your life. Would you please raise your hand with me. Thank you Lord Jesus. God, I thank you. I feel your presence here today. I know, Lord God, that you are here with us today. And Lord, behold your children. Lord, look at your children. They've come to you. They've come to you, O oh God. They're asking for a greater anointing. They're asking for a greater fire in their belly. A greater desire for God. A greater understanding. Lord, grant according to your word. For you cannot lie. You are the same yesterday, today and forever. You said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock, the door will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks, receives. Lord, they are asking from you today. Grant them the desires of their heart, O God. Let there be multiplied grace in their lives. Let there be a greater anointing in their lives from, from this very hour. Let there be a greater peace in their lives, O oh God. A greater knowing of God. Let condemnation leave their lives so that they can follow you without condemnation. Thank you, Father God. Holy Spirit, how we welcome your presence, Lord Spirit. Lord, our Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God. You are the Lord, the Spirit. 
fall upon your children that are standing before you right now in the name of Jesus. And according to your word, give us a new heart and a new spirit. Put your spirit within us and cause us to walk in your statutes and to keep your judgments and to do them with a glad heart, O oh God. Let every life be changed this morning. For if any man is in Christ, it's a new creation. All things have passed away. All things are becoming new this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your children. I pray for every one of them and I pray for my own life as well. God, that you will guide me and lead me and that we will work together as one and in this art fellowship to spread the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, to reach out to the dying. Lord, give us wisdom from heaven in the name of Jesus and inspiration from your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let there be a new awakening in our souls, O oh God. Even with those that are sitting back there, let there be a new awakening in our soul. Our souls, a new desire for the things of God, putting away the things of the world so that we can serve you from our heart. God, the time is so near. You said the day is fast spent. The night is at hand. Lord, speak to our hearts and fill us with urgency in our spirit to do your work unashamedly so that we're not ashamed of anything. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I bless your people today. Let them become great in the things of God. Let them become great in the things of the kingdom of heaven. Let them do exploits. Let the past be the past in their lives in the name of Jesus. For there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Fill our hearts with inspiration from heaven. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please look up here. I believe the Spirit of God was here with us today. And that God is already doing the work in you. This is what I'm going to say to you. There's going to be a time... You want to relax. And a voice goes through your head and says, Could you just pick your Bible and read? Don't hesitate. God's wanting to show you something. That's how it works with us. When you have felt that in your spirit, and you obey it, you will gain something that will remain with you for eternity. So I believe that the Holy Spirit has come upon us today all is by faith. And I believe God is true. Because I don't see Him, so I believe. But I'm telling you, God's going to speak to your heart. Go read your Bible. Don't hesitate. God will also say to you, I want to talk to you, daughter. I want to talk to you, son. Grab a pen. Grab a notepad. Everything that goes through your head. It will sound like you're thinking. Write it down as fast as you can. Forget grammar. Just write. Amen? Just write. You'll be amazed at what God will be doing. That's going to give you an inner strength for God. Amen. God bless you. I know He is with you. Please go back to your seat.